Hello, 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 my beautiful dancing unicorns. Welcome back to H University Podcast. It is I, Anna Grace Newell. I am an intuitive guide, clairvoyant medium, and Akashic Records practitioner. Those are what I like to say, aka angel readings. And if you're new here, I highly recommend checking out episode number one so you have a better understanding for how I got started into this work. And AG University is a school from the cosmos, a school to reconnect you with your intuitive voice, which will ultimately lead you to your path to freedom, your path to your soul's purpose, and the path to coming home to the boldest, brightest, best version of you. And this episode is so powerful in terms of learning more about how our body works, what our body is speaking, what our body is saying to us. In terms of hormones, there's so much connection with our cycle and our intuition. Being females, we have this beautiful gift of having a cycle every month and learning to hone our power with our cycle is like the most empowering thing, the most empowering gift that I hope this conversation can give you. Also, just so many takeaways. I have my girl Kate Morton on and a little bit about her. She's a registered dietitian. She hosts a podcast that's the period chats. She's basically just a hormone obsessed girly, which I love because I could talk to her all day. I went on her podcast as well. She is a hormone dietitian, TEDx speaker, integrative and functional practice, and she is the founder of Funkit Wellness. So I don't know if you guys listened to the episode with Tatiana. She talks about, she mentions Kate in the episode. And when she mentions Kate, a bunch of people sent the podcast to her and that was how we linked up. So it's, it's always really fun when the podcast just brings super organic new guests into our wheelhouse. That's always how I want it to feel. I I want this podcast to be just a free flowing, like we we go where the AG University students need to learn. So this was a perfect timing. I learned so much. Please take notes, share this with a friend, anyone who has struggled with hormones, autoimmune, Hashimoto's, we go over food, celiac, allergy testing, everything you could possibly imagine, best ways to be in tune with your cycle, manage your cycle, um, period panties, like we, you name it, we cover it. So I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this episode. And thank you so much, Kate, for coming on. Welcome. Welcome back to AG University Podcast. It is I, your professor speaking at Anna Grace Newell on all platforms, always and forever. And today we have a very special guest on the show who's going to tell us everything that we need to know about our hormones, our health. This information is coming at a crucial time for me. And I know there's going to be something amazing for all of you guys to take away. So without further ado, welcome Kate Morton to the show. Take it away, Kate. Tell us all about you. Thank you so much for having me. You know, I'm like a huge fan of your podcast in general, and we just recorded on mine yesterday, which was such a treat. So my name is Kate. I'm a registered dietitian. I've got a master's degree in human clinical nutrition, and I'm the founder of Funkit Wellness. I have my own private practice, and I'm obsessed with hormones because I had really bad periods and horribly imbalanced hormones for pretty much my whole life. And then when I figured out how to balance them naturally myself, I just kind of fell in love and wanted to share it with everyone else. So I'm so excited to dive in to every hormone question today. And really, I just want you guys to leave knowing exactly what's going on in your body, how to you know be in sync and in flow with your body and feel really in touch because I felt out of touch with my cycle pretty much my entire life. It is so crazy that we do not learn about our cycles until, I mean, for me until I was 27 or 28. What? What? You know, we've been having periods every month for years and we just knew nothing. No one told us anything. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> really it, infuriating. It's so wild. Like I just like can't even 
I mean, same for me. Like I didn't start learning about this till I was like 24, 25 when I got off of birth control and I was just trying not to get pregnant. So I was like, okay, I got to like figure this out. And then I had horrible acne, horrible periods, super irregular. And I kind of – I didn't track my cycle, which it's so crazy to me now that I wasn't cycle tracking because I just would be like, oh, I don't know when it's going to come. I don't know when it's going to show up. And it's just kind of wild that we're not given this guide from the beginning because it can shift your life so much just learning to live in sync with your cycle. 100%. We talked about this on Kate's podcast yesterday, how I I cycle sync my business. Like when I'm going to batch content, when I have the most energy, I cycle sync my meals. I cycle sync I, everything I think about when I'm scheduling lots of travel or interviews. I'm like, where am I at in my cycle? Am I really going to be in the mood? Because I could be scheduling this from a follicular phase Anna Grace who's like yeah yay and then it comes up and I'm like ooh your girl's feeling a little tired <laughs> so so those are just very very small examples for how it really can play into all parts of your life but for those of you guys who are new to learning about this work Kate will you tell us tell, tell us what it looked like when you were really out of sync and kind of like the first steps that got you into this work? Like where, where, where to start? There's so many places. I know. And I feel like where to start is always the hardest place. And for me, like that's kind of where I was intimidated at first was like, I didn't know where to start. So I just didn't start at all. And so I'm here to tell you, we're going to break it down. We're going to make it simple. So for me, I'll tell you guys my story. Cause I always learn through storytelling. So I was 24 years old. I've been on birth control about 10 years. I've been on pretty much like the pill, the patch, and then the implant in my arm. I had had horrible side effects with that birth control almost the entire time, but I thought like, oh, this is what the cool girls are doing. This is what everyone's doing. Everyone's on birth control. This is like what we do. And I really fell out of sync with my body. I never learned to track my cycle. And then I got off birth control and I was like, I'm going to be this holistic goddess who's totally in line with her life and her body and it's just going to all be wonderful. And it was awful because (laughs) all my horrible period cramps came back. I had horrible ovulation cramping, horrible acne, and like mood swings to the point where like I would feel like I was a different person the week before my period and my period would start and I would – it almost would feel like I had gone out drinking and like blacked out and then came back to life. Like Mm. I just was a different person and so that's kind of where my story started and I had – I was a new dietitian at that time. I've been a dietitian about two years and I was like there's got to be something with food. There's got to be more to our bodies and our cycles and our eating than I am giving credit. And I was living in New Zealand at the time. And luckily, their health system's a little different. The doctor I was going to was a general doctor that specialized in skin but wasn't a dermatologist because I was about to go on Accutane for hormonal acne. And as you can see the video now, luckily, there is none. Beautiful Um, skin. So thank you. And he was like, look, before you go on Accutane – Let's just try a few more things. Let's try eating in line with your cycle. Let's try tracking your cycle, figuring out if this is hormonal. And then I want you to try seed cycling. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like when you're trained to be a dietitian, you're very trained in what is the peer-reviewed evidence? What is the science? And rightfully so because there's a lot of woo-woo stuff on the – I'm all about the woo-woo. Woo is not the right word. It's more like there's a bunch of crap on the internet that's not true. That's just someone trying to sell you something or just someone trying to go viral. So you do need to have evidence behind things. But I really didn't believe him, but I was so desperate to clear my skin and just feel like myself again. I had like no sex drive. Like everything was just awful. And 
I did it for three months. Almost all my acne had started healing. I had no new acne. I had a regular period for the first time in my entire life. And I could predict what was going on because I also learned to track my cycle. And so that just kicked off me talking to all my girlfriends like, hey, are you experiencing this? Hey, what's going on with your cycle? All of us collectively realizing we had no idea what was going on with our bodies. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, all right, well, if no one else is going to do something about this, I guess I will. And so I just kind of jumped in and that's how Funk It was born and how I really just started talking about this online was because I just wish I had had these resources when I was getting off birth control and when I was learning about my body. Wow. It's still to this day, I mean, I have just recently discovered you through Tatiana and so consuming your content from that point onwards, I learned something from you all the time. I'm always so excited when your face pops up because I love how, I love how you're like, okay, if no one else is going to do anything about this, it's going to be me because that's how I feel. I'm like, if no one else is talking about this, I need to initiate the conversation because everyone needs to know about XYZ of some type of thing that we're going through or we're learning. It's always an opportunity for us to share our story. And, you know, there's been so much shame around talking about our periods in the past or people feel uncomfortable. And then we start to realize that we have no idea what the hell is going on inside of our bodies. That's scary. (laughs) That's just crazy that we just have no idea. And I've totally been victim to that. So one, that's so cool. So this was a few years ago when the doctor in New Zealand tells you about seed cycling, because that is like a very new term like uh, I've just learned about this in the last few months. Yeah, that was probably, wow, six years ago now. Wow. Yeah. So you've known about this for a minute. Okay. Tell. Will and you then explain? another friend who I trusted also was like, oh, you should try seed cycling. And I was like, okay, like, I guess I'm going to give it a go. Yeah. Okay. Please explain to us what seed cycling is. I need to know. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Like it's just something that I will die on this hill talking about because it has just changed my life and thousands of other people's lives. Like that's been the coolest part of this is like, In the beginning – so, okay, let me explain what it is, then I'll tell you guys all about it. So, essentially, you have four phases to your menstrual cycle, and I promise this is all coming back together. The first day of your menstrual cycle is your period. So, your menstrual cycle and your period are two different things. Your period is just a piece of your menstrual cycle, which was a huge misconception for me. I thought they were the same thing. So, your period's when you're actually bleeding and your hormones are low. After your period stops, then estrogen starts rising. Your body's prepping for ovulation. You're in your follicular phase, which like you were saying earlier, it's like your new spring when you're like planning all these things and you're feeling really good and you're super glowy. Then you ovulate and you have your ovulatory phase and that's when you're the most fertile, the five days before ovulation, the 24 hours after. Then you go into your luteal phase and that is going to be the two weeks before your period that gets a really bad rap, but I am like here to tell you guys your luteal phase does not have to suck. Like when your hormones are balanced, you actually don't feel that bad in your luteal phase. You're just more task oriented and introverted. So those are your four phases if no one's ever told you that because you're going to need to know those for seed cycling. So what seed cycling does is it looks at your cycle and it kind of breaks it in half. It takes your period and your follicular phase and then your luteal phase. And then you kind of ovulation comes in the middle and it overlaps. So from the first day of your period till when you ovulate, you're having ground organic flax and pumpkin seeds. And then after ovulation to your next period, your luteal phase, You're having ground sesame and ground sunflower seeds. And so you're having one tablespoon of each seed each day, depending on what phase you're on. 
And so what that does is the seed is actually the placenta of the plant. This is like the most mind-blowing analogy for me is that a seed has everything a plant needs to grow. So it is packed with so much nutrition. So when we're talking about syncing our nutrition with our menstrual cycles, it's pretty incredible because estrogen needs something different than progesterone. So in the first half of our cycle, we're nourishing estrogen with those flax and pumpkin seeds. The second half of our cycle, we're nourishing progesterone with those sesame and sunflower seeds. And how that works is the flax contains tons of phytoestrogens, which are amazing for estrogen balance. A lot of people don't realize that. They think phytoestrogens just raise estrogen. They can raise or lower it. They help you achieve balance when it comes to estrogen, packed with magnesium, zinc, omega-3 fatty acids, all going to be huge for that first half. Then after, when you go to your sesame and sunflower seeds, packed with vitamin E, packed with vitamin B6, those together are two of the most researched vitamins and minerals for actually completely busting most PMS symptoms. Again, we've got zinc and omega-3 fatty acids, but then we've also got selenium to support the thyroid. So it's just pretty incredible that eating those four seeds in sync with your cycle provides you with all of that extra nutrition, not to mention prebiotic gut fiber or prebiotic fiber for your gut because our gut and our hormones are so interconnected. And we can get into that because that's like a little bit more of a deep dive, but that's just like an overview of what seed cycling is how it works. You just eat those seeds on the foods you're already eating and treat them as like a nutritional topper. Wow. Okay. So you said ground. So specifically the seeds should be ground up. You shouldn't just reach for a handful of pumpkin seeds. Yes. That is such a good look. Reaching for a handful of pumpkin seeds is better than nothing. So I'm not going to tell you not to eat like seeds, but if you are doing it for the purpose of seed cycling, Mm -hmm. you want ground organic seeds. Because if you think about the purpose of a seed, if you eat a whole seed, you need to be looking at your poop and your period blood. These are two things I like also stand by. You're just going to poop the whole seed out. It's great fiber, but you're not actually getting the nutrition inside. And so we grind them up. And this is a huge issue I realized when I was starting Funkit because at first I started making the seed cycling kits for all my friends in my kitchen and it was super easy. But when you buy ground seeds at the grocery store, they've probably been sitting on the shelf for a while, but you really want them to be fresh. It's why we don't actually sell our products in any like big box stores right now. We do it all online because we cold grind them and then we send them directly out. So you get really fresh, high quality seeds. So seeds do have volatile compounds in them that can oxidize. So you just want to have really fresh, high quality seeds. Is that why sometimes people feel like seeds can be inflammatory because they oxidize? Such a good question. And so I get this question all the time. Well, what about seed seed oils? What about PUFAs, poly um, unsaturated fatty acids? So let's talk about that really quick because Yes, that's exactly why. So seeds, if they're left too long, go rancid and they oxidize and they contain more omega-6 fatty acids than omega-3 fatty acids. Omega-6 fatty acid is not inherently bad. They're actually can be very healthy, but when they're oxidized, that is when they become pro-inflammatory or can increase inflammation. But Seeds really are not the biggest culprit of this. Seed oils are. And I'm not trying to fear monger around seed oils like, look, cook with what you want. The truth is, though, those omega-6 fatty acids, when they sit in those clear jars on grocery store shelves for years and extended periods of time, the light oxidizes them, and that's what makes them inflammatory. So Mm. there's a lot of debate online about those two things, and that's kind of where it comes from. You're way less likely to have it from the whole seed 
or from the actual seed. The seed oil is kind of where that is. But you do want to be eating really high quality, freshly ground seeds to also avoid that. Wow. I've always been so curious about that because I definitely have always, the seed cycling approach has always resonated with me, but then you will hear people say like, oh, this can be inflammatory. And I'm always like, wait, but that I don't get why it's not quite adding up for me. So can you tell us just for you personally, which is there a seed oil like when cooking or looking at an ingredient when you reach for an item that you're like, this is an absolute heck no for me. Like this is a no. Yeah. For me, it's going to be any of those like super like highly processed, specifically like canola oils for me are just a no um, and soybean oils. So I have an autoimmune disease called Hashimoto's and soy is something I really avoid. So the soybean oil and the canola oil are two things I don't personally cook with. I do um, – I use like actually a lot of like – I'll do like beef tallow and then I also do like ghee and I do avocado oil a lot. That makes me feel really good because avocado oil is my preferred method of cooking, <laughs> cooking oil. <laughs> so thank you for confirming. And one thing that you said that I want to go back to and just really dive in a little bit is that you said you were diagnosed with Hashimoto's. And I recently have had some autoimmune issues pop up and so many women in the AG University community have written me saying they have Hashimoto's or, you know, an autoimmune that's been connected to hormones. And it's crazy how many people have been affected by this. So for anybody listening who's had any struggle with, you know, uh, autoimmune or hormones. Kate, will you just tell us, you know, what the connection is there and what that looked like for you? Yeah. So honestly, I think the thing that is so misunderstood is just, and even by me, like after going through all the schooling to be a dietitian was just how truly interconnected the entire body is. And I got diagnosed with Hashimoto's and celiac last year, which the celiac piece makes a lot of sense. I have had like tummy issues my entire life and always just written it off to like, you know, I feel like it's so normalized. Like even that like quote that's like hot girls have stomach problems and stuff like that. I just think it's really normalized. But actually, if your stomach hurts all the time, it could be something that's wrong. So you should get that looked at because I was ignoring it like my whole life. So for me, it was crazy because mine all happened overnight. It was just like I couldn't believe the difference. So everything was about everything was great. Last year, I had a honestly awful year, like just so much stress in my life, so many things outside of my control. My husband got in like a really bad accident. It was just like all of these things. And then I woke up and my face was so puffy and swollen. It would not go down. My hair was falling out. I was bloated constantly. And then on top of that, I just had no energy. I feel like I couldn't get out of bed. And I was like, I just know in my bones that something is wrong. And I had to go to four different doctors before. I was like, I think I have Hashimoto's. I think I have a thyroid autoimmune disease. I think something's wrong. Nope. Um, one of the doctors told me I was just – I'm about to turn 30, guys. So my 30th birthday is in April. He was like, you're just aging and that's your face changing is like literally what I was told. <gasps> no. And it's actually not true. <laughs> Right? Mm-mm. Right? No. So bad. So um, for me, my brother had thyroid cancer and my dad has Hashimoto. So for me, it was super hereditary. And I think the stress in my life and then not knowing I had celiac kind of just like blew everything up. My antibodies went through the roof. My doctor literally said to me, she's like, I have no idea how you're getting out of bed. I don't know how you're going to work out. I don't understand how you're doing any of these things. Like 
your lab she called me on a Saturday. She's like, Your labs are one of the worst I've seen. And I was like, Oh, awesome. So this is like, and I like honestly, it was really hard for me to share this with people at first because I felt so like silly for gaslighting myself, like for teaching other people how to advocate for themselves and then gaslighting myself around my health. So I'm here to just remind you that like if it doesn't feel right, like trust your gut, trust your intuition, go like believe yourself because even if a doctor doesn't believe you like that doctor didn't believe me, I actually emailed his office and was like, just so you know, I have two different autoimmune diseases and it wasn't just aging. So you should probably look at your patients more closely. (laughs) That would have pissed me off. You're just aging. You're like, bitch, yeah. I'm 30. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm not like 60. I'm like, Relax. I am young. Yeah. I am young. What? And so that was like, and so all these things are really connected. I was, so the one thing that my doctor was just like mind blown about when I finally found a really good functional integrative doctor, she was like, I have no idea how you have like such great regular periods because really every, like my hor- my actual sex hormones were still perfectly in balance. My thyroid hormones were just out of control and then my gut inflammation was out of control. So for me personally, like finding out I had celiac too, I went on obviously strict no gluten diet. I also tested really reactive to soy, which is interesting because when I would eat soy, my hands would um, swell. And so now it's like all these things kind of made sense. So for me, like diet and lifestyle changes, I cut out soy and I cut out um, gluten. I still eat dairy. For me personally, it doesn't seem to bother me. And I'm just – I'm rolling with it because I don't want to be on a really restrictive diet. And then I did go on a thyroid medication that I'm hoping not to be on for forever. It's just like a for now thing. But even if it is forever, I feel so much better. I'm honestly fine with it. And then from a lifestyle perspective, this is where I made the most changes. I did not realize how addicted to running on cortisol and stress I was. Mm. I mean, running two different businesses, having – and you got – everyone listening to this gets it. We're all busy. Like, we're all doing stuff. I have changed so much around that. Like, I have really strict boundaries with the hours that I work now. I listen to my gut and I'm not people-pleasing. I say no to things I don't want to do. I meditate every morning. I do my sunrise walks. So actually for me, a lot of the changes I made – came in the lifestyle category. And I feel so much more aligned and so much more balanced and just happy, like just Mm. truly happy. And thyroid conditions can also – your thyroid hormones can cross the blood-brain barrier. And that's why depression is a really big symptom of having Hashimoto's or any kind of thyroid issues, anxiety and depression, because it really does interfere with the way you see the world. And so – I'm here to tell you if you think something's up, like push. I also like had like so much water retention and swelling. Like I think I had over like eight pounds of fluid that I was holding on to. So Damn. like when I started, like after a week, it was all gone. I looked like a different person. It was crazy. And that was, you think, just mostly cutting out gluten was the instant water retention loss? For me, or? it was, yeah, cutting out the gluten and the soy and like my water retention completely went away. I really do feel like there is so much power in changing the diet and lifestyle, like I re- especially the food that we're putting in our body, because there is some type of trigger that's triggering something in the autoimmune. That's that's been my experience as well. I'm I'm still a little early into you know figuring out exactly what's going on, but it was the same thing. Like I was just totally like, wait, 
what, where did this come from? What the heck? <laughs> I felt fine. And my doctor's like, ooh, ooh, something is not right here. But I think that it's an opportunity for us to explore this new path and really be committed to loving ourselves through diet, through nourishing our bodies. And then on the other side, we're like, wow, I did not even know I could feel this good. You know, there's such, there's so much hope. And even the story that you shared, it's like, poor thing. You didn't even know you had celiac, (laughs) like bless your heart. You're just living, you know, in pain. That's been the most wild thing. And like realizing these things take time. So like when we're talking about healing autoimmune, we're talking about thyroid, we're talking about you know, hormone imbalances, as much as I'd love to sit here and tell you, all you need to do is seed cycle and you're going to feel better in two days. That's not the case. Like it takes a minimum of three months a lot of times to start seeing these changes, especially with seed cycling. And then for me, like my gastroenterologist was super real with me. He's like, I mean, you've been eating gluten for 29 years and you have celiac. And so it's going to take more than five weeks to heal your gut. Like he was like, you need to expect it to take about two years to fully heal. And so I think also being realistic about how much time we're giving ourselves to heal is really important. Absolutely. Time heals all. It does. It really does. But I think it's amazing that we have these tools. You know, I also opted to go see a functional medicine doctor. I had the same experience where the doctor's like, can't be this, can't be that, can't be blah, 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 blah. And I was, you know, my intuitive side told me it was my liver. I went to the doctor and the doctor ran my liver and was like, oh no, you are correct. The liver is where, you know, if I had gotten on the medication they wanted me to take, my body actually would have completely shut down. So I'm, I'm really lucky that I listened to my intuition and, and, you know, kept pushing. I kept being like, listen, I'm going to go keep going to new doctors until somebody listens to what I have to say. And I don't care if you think I'm cuckoo bananas, but <laughs> you got to just keep going. And, you know, like you said, if someone tells you something, you are allowed to check in with yourself and say, mm, I do not accept that because they don't know. Everybody is so unique and we are so individualized and you just keep marching and you keep finding somebody that will really sit with you and give you an answer that you feel resonates as a true yes in your body. How you're saying you're like, okay, listen, asshole, I'm not just aging. (laughs) There's something going on and I'm going to, you know, take this route, this path to ultimate self-healing. So Thank you for sharing your journey. And I'm like, your skin is beautiful. Your hair looks great. No acne. I'm like, obviously the seed cycling is is working. So even if someone isn't struggling with their hormones, it's beneficial for everybody to, you know, be in alignment and pay attention and nurture our hormones because they really are connected to everything. They truly are. It's just like the biggest eye opener of like, we've not been taught about our cycles. And look, I'm going to get a little like, on this, but I really feel like sometimes like, was it intentional? I wasn't taught about this because I don't, wasn't going to know how powerful I am because when you really start to learn about your cycle, you really realize how powerful your body is. It's just, it's freaking incredible. Girl, you can get a little eh on this podcast. Cause I do believe that. I think there's a lot I of believe mis- that. misinformation. There's a lot of false information in our education system women are powerful. I think we talked about this on your podcast and I'll say it on this podcast, how, you know, back in ancient times when women were on their period, they would like put, they would praise them. They would worship them. They would put them in caves and they would gather together because we are so intuitive when we're on our period. There's a lot of power and same with blood. Blood is a very, very powerful 
part of a ritual. You know, there is a lot, and this dates back from the time the earth was created. There is a lot of power there. And, you know, what way to keep people disempowered is to not tell them, right? Like, you know, who knows why or when that started. But I do think that women are waking up and taking ownership of their body and saying, wait a minute, the answer to every single thing is not birth control. And if you're on birth control on this podcast and it's serving you, that's great. I'm not saying I had an IUD and that was my journey and whatever. But I just can't believe that when I was 14 years old, that was the answer. Or, you know, when I was so young, like that was our only option and we were all on it for 10 plus years. Like, that's just crazy that there was, there was not, we we were not even given the chance to learn to track our cycles or there was just no touch base with my cycle at all for me personally. Same. And I think it's kind of crazy too. Like, I just was thinking about this, like, I went on birth control for acne in the beginning and then obviously I stayed on it because I didn't want to get pregnant like through high school and college. But I think it's kind of crazy that you're not given the option. You're trusted to take a pill every single day, but we're not trusted with the information of how to track our cycle. And believe it or not, like you actually are only fertile like five to six days out of the month. And I just wish I would have had that information too because – I think that then there's this whole other generation now where we were taught like this fear mongering of about getting pregnant, which can happen like unexpectedly if you don't know what's going on with your cycle. But then we're in this generation now where we are coming off birth control and trying to get pregnant and people are realizing it's not quite as easy as we might have been told. And so there's just so much lack of information and then it is frustrating and disempowering when you don't understand. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that was how it was for me. Like when I had my IUD and I'm thinking I have this IUD in all day, every day living inside of me for years when in reality there's only, and my intention was, you know, to prevent pregnancy because I did not feel ready at the time. And in reality, there's only a five to six day window that you can actually really get specific and track. Like I use ovulation sticks that I pee on, like I track it in my app. Like you can get very, very specific. And I'm like, okay, that's just such a small window. And let's be realistic. Nine times out of 10, like I'm traveling, like when I'm ovulating, I'm not always with Austin. We're not always having sex. Like it's, it's, it's actually kind of easy to avoid. Like we, I might, the last like four months I've ovulated, I haven't even been in the same room as Austin. I've been like across the country. Like why would I have an IUD in then? You know, like per, like constant pumping hormones into my body when like the, I, I'm not even in a place where I need to prevent pregnancy. Like that's just my own experience, but it is crazy when you start to think about, you're like, this is in me all the time, or this birth control is flooding my body with hormones and information all the time when, you know, and unless somebody's out there just absolutely having sex twice a day, every day, like pop off queen, but like I am not, and I don't need <laughs> constant protection. We can have the whereabouts to, you know, just make smart decisions, make informed decisions now that we know what we know now. Yeah. And I love what you said too, of like, it's true. Like if birth control is working for you, that's great. It just didn't work for me. And I talked to a lot of people it doesn't work for. So like, I just think informed consent and education is the key. Like we are all smart enough to be given all of the options, all of the information, and then we can make a choice for ourselves. Like don't just tell me what to do. That's like where I am. I'm like, stop telling me what to do. Give me the information. And I will make the best decision for myself. Absolutely. And that's that's exactly why both you and I have podcasts because I want to just be a PSA for people that I'm like, 
this is the route that I went down. This was my experience that I had. And there was actually another way. And I wish that someone had told me this. Like the whole point of I feel, especially for you having your podcast is like, you're like, damn it. I wish I had known. I wish someone had told me because I could have made a better decision. And, you know, but as much as it sucks to go on a healing journey, it's, it is the ultimate path to freedom and happiness and all these things that you're experiencing now. So I guess let's talk about some other things people can do. Uh, I went to a functional medicine doctor, you know, should they do a hormone test? I've heard about the Dutch test. Like what, what do we do? Give us some things to search for. Yeah, that's such a great question. So actually it's so crazy after going through all of this and how many practitioners I had to go to just to get what I wanted done. I started seeing private clients again and I specialize in Dutch testing. So Dutch mm. testing is a dried urine hormone test. It is incredible the report you get back. You get to look at all the different hormones. So your adrenal hormones like cortisol, but then you've also got testosterone, estrogen, progesterone. You look at the pathways all those hormones are taking, how they're being broken down, how they're being processed in the body. It also looks at some different um, vitamins and mineral content. And then we can really, really have a good path forward. So if you're experiencing hormone imbalance symptoms like long, heavy periods, irregular cycles, irregular ovulation, hormonal acne, um, a lot of period pain, migraines around your cycle, anything like that. I definitely like love Dutch testing for really digging in and learning there. Um, I'm a dietitian and I do it. There's functional practitioners that do it. It's kind of hard to find someone that specialized in it, but it's definitely there. You can go on Dutch's website or you can reach out to me and I can help you find somebody. The other thing that is helpful, I do like having once a year the blood work done for your hormone panel, which is estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, because while blood is not quite as accurate because it's just that one little snapshot in time, it still gives us great base like baseline. I'm all about developing a baseline. I really wish it was more normalized in our like mid-20s to develop a baseline of our hormones. Like what are all these levels looking like now? For me, I also do an um, ovarian reserve test every year just to see where my eggs are at because I am someone who wants kids and I'm almost 30 and I just haven't felt ready until recently to even start opening up that conversation. So I started that when I was 25. I did that every single year. It costs about 60 bucks. It's not expensive. Um, so that's for hormones. So Dutch testing, getting the blood work done from your doctor um, and the ovarian reserve test. Then for thyroid, if you think you're experiencing some kind of thyroid disruption, yes, get your normal thyroid panel, but you need to also ask to have your thyroid antibodies tested. This is the biggest thing I see as like a mistake when it comes to lab testing is you get your thyroid panel back and your numbers are either like right out of range or they're right at the high end of normal or low end of normal. So nothing happens. My TSH was at like a five, which is still high, like above four is high, but it's not like astronomical. My thyroid antibodies were over 500. They should have been below 30. So mm -hmm. that's what really made my doctor like get on top of it and like get it taken care of because the antibodies are causing further damage. So, and it also shows you if you're having an autoimmune reaction or if something else is going on. So that's labs I recommend there. Other things that I think are really great to keep a baseline of when you're cycle tracking, keep notes on how you're feeling too, like throughout the month, because you can start to develop patterns. And then when you go talk to your practitioner, you can get that lab testing done. And then you have your patterns of how you've been feeling. And it's like a very closed circle, all the information with hormone testing. 
you only want to do the Dutch test or the blood work on days 19 to 22 of your cycle. It is a very like snapshot window of when you get those hormones tested. So if you go get your hormones tested when you're on your period, they're going to tell you you're in menopause because (laughs) you don't have a lot of hormones going on. So Mm -hmm. be careful out there. (laughs) Wow. That was the most informative response I could have asked for because I, I feel that I've been going through a lot of testing and people always ask me like, hey, what type of food allergy test did you, what type of this did you do? And I'm always like, oh gosh, I don't know if I feel qualified to speak to this. So I really appreciate you shining some light there. And I would also, I would love to hear your thoughts on the food allergy testing because that's another one that I had to twist my doctor's arm on listening to me because I knew, I found out I was allergic to coffee beans. I think I told you that. And you did gluten and coffee beans. And I was in a place where I could completely, like, I was feeling really weird about coffee. Let me just say that. Like, I thought it was the caffeine. So then I started drinking decaf. And then I come to find out it was the coffee beans. I was like, shoot, I was still just yeeting coffee beans to my face. But anyways, all that being said, so that really resonated with me when I got that information from a food allergy test as a trigger, as something that was causing inflammation in my body. But there, you know, my doctor, when she told me, she was like, you know, there are a lot of people that that could say that this is kind of hoopla. And I was like, no, I mean, this resonates as truth to me. So I believe, you know, those feelings that I was having, but I'm curious, you know, what type of food testing you did and, you know, what your thoughts are. Yeah. So there's lots of different types of testing and I'm going to be real when it comes to like the one where you like prick your finger and you like do the blood Mm. testing. I think... I think there's a way to approach this. You, If you have foods you know intuitively are bothering you, look for guidance there. I don't always find those are the most accurate versions of tests because sometimes it can just be something you're consuming a lot can show up. So where I like to use that test is like, does it come up on the test? And are you – like how are you feeling about this food? It's really interesting. The more I get into seeing my clients, it is so much of tuning in and asking, okay, Here's what the data says. Can you really tune in and tell me how you're feeling about it? So you can do those tests. Going to an allergist, you're going to get the best, most accurate. They have such high quality um, abilities to test. So going to an allergist, for me, I actually found out about gluten through a stool test. And so it's called a GI map test. And my gluten reactivity, it looks at like everything. It's the coolest test ever. It's another test I do with my clients all the time. Looks at pretty much like every bug or like gut bacteria that's in your gut, what you're reacting to. It's just, it's very informative. My gluten was so high that my dietitian I was seeing for myself was like, honestly, I can't even treat you because you need to go get an intestinal biopsy by your um, gastroenterologist. So that's how I got diagnosed with celiac. But from then the soy, I did do like the different allergy testing and that's how I – with an allergist and that's how I found out about that. So that's like a long-winded answer of mm-hmm. when it comes to diagnosing food allergies, the science isn't there in all of the different ways. So like those ones you can do at home, they're not necessarily super supported by science. But I found out I couldn't have ginger and I found it out through that food – to uh, food intolerance test. I took it to my allergist and we confirmed it. And so I just think that there is validity to them. We just have to get a little bit more science behind them. 
So I recommend using them as a guide and then going and confirming things with allergists just if you really want to know. Yeah. I think it, I think it's helpful if you're someone that has stomach, like you said, tummy issues often. It starts getting confusing because then your stomach is just angry all the time. And so then it's hard for you to tell which exact foods are actually reactive. And I, I did the same thing. I, I did the stool test like three years ago and had a gluten reactivity there, but I never, and then I went and got celiac tested and they were like, Oh, you don't have celiac. And I felt like I was in a place where I just worked on my gut health so much that I was like, Oh, I think I can, you know, revisit, like I can have gluten here and there. Like if I'm traveling, I would never like eat it at home. But now that I'm back on this autoimmune, you know, healing journey. they're like, gluten is just a trigger for you. Like if you can cut it out, just cut it out. So I've now had it confirmed by like so many different doctors, even though it didn't necessarily make me feel awful, it still was creating a lot of inflammation in the body that I didn't know about. So I think it's a very, I'm glad you gave us the long witted answer because I agree. Like now that I've seen it come from multiple tests and multiple doctors, I'm like, okay, I really am going to have to just remove this for good. And that's just my new way of living until, you know, my blood work or things change or who knows, maybe forever, but we do live in a gluten-free world nowadays. So, (laughs) so I think that maybe if you're someone like me who didn't necessarily have overtly obvious stomach problems, there still is like, you know, food triggers that can cause inflammation, which ultimately feeds disease, which we don't want. And the best thing to do, like if you want to do those tests, like whatever your report is, one do it one by one. Don't cut everything out at once. Take things out and experiment and see like, okay, so mine came back with ginger and brown rice and I took those out one by one and I was – I had some migraines at the time and they went away. So I'm like, okay, I actually do think there was something to this. So it's really all about experimenting because really you do – like your body will tell you. It will. Mm-hmm. It will. That's, that's what I'm doing, you know, in this like liver detox phase. And then once I get off, I I basically kind of remove everything from my diet and then I slowly integrate things back in. They say like eggs will be the first thing that I'm, um, introduced back in. Cause my doctor said that 80% of people are allergic to eggs and they don't even know it. I was like, wow, that's crazy. So they're like, we want to make sure. And they're like, after going, you know, 30 days without any toxins, in the body or as much as I can, you know, reduce. Like once you introduce things in one by one, it's really easy to get a clear answer. And anybody can do that. Like these elimination diets, if you don't want to pay to go see an allergist, it's all super helpful. All that being said, I know you are you specialize in hormones, but I really think these triggers buck with our hormones way more than I ever realized. That's what I've learned in the last few months. Yes. <laughs> it's like crazy. Like it all is just so interconnected. Your gut health is so connected to your hormone health. Your um, your endocrine system, so your thyroid is like the top dog. It runs all the way down. It it it's just all connected. And your stress, your mental health is connected to your hormone health. Like de-stressing is one of the first things I work on with clients. Is like getting them in the sunlight first thing in the morning and implementing a meditation practice, which has nothing to do with nutrition seemingly, but it has everything to do with how you're absorbing your food. It really does. It really does. I mean, it goes back to your nervous system being in the state of rest and digest. You can actually digest when you sit down in a meal. I always tell people, even if you just sit down and take three big deep breaths and drop your shoulders and relax your muscles before you eat, that will that could change your life because so sometimes we're just we're going. Yeah. 
we're going so much. And then we're like, I'm going to eat this meal so fast. And we're like not even chewing. And then our stomach's upset. And we're like, what? And really just doing a few simple breathing techniques. It doesn't have to be a long meditation. Just so, you know, we can make it simple. It can be like some very easy, tangible things. And I'm sure you teach this stuff with your clients too, but it's, it's crazy how much paying attention to our energy body. I mean, this, this is how I believe. I know, I know you are more science backed. I will bring the woo because that's what I do, <laughs> but, um, I love the woo en- though. I uh, love it. Yeah, our, our energy body is what kind of exists first. And so our energy body manifests into our physical body. So when we're doing those things, like you said, meditating, taking deep breaths, doing all things that's helping to heal our energy body, which will then help heal and manifest into our physical body. There's a direct correlation. I will say this all the time, mind, body, spirit, they work together. It's a team. So if you can, you know, touch on all three points of healing, like Absolutely. I think testing is amazing. But like you said, it's you got to go back to checking in with you, checking in with your energy, checking in with your stress. It's a three, three pronged approach. And you know, you can't you can't look at one and not the other. Amen to that. That's like the truth. Like you have to look at it all together. And and that's a thing too. Like we were talking about seed cycling earlier. Like I think one component of seed cycling that's so underrated is just the fact that every single day you're checking in with your cycle and you're doing something good for your body. So like while there is so many scientific benefits to it, I think it has this beautiful spiritual connection back to your menstrual cycle, which really like there's so much to be said for that that we can't quantify. And just how like we're so connected to the moon. Like if you have an irregular cycle, we tell people to seed cycle with the moon and it's amazing when their cycles come back and get regular after a few months. Like there's so much we can't explain that's so beautiful about all of this. Wow. Okay. Tell me that seed cycling with the moon. Please explain. I love that. Yeah. So a lot of people who come to us, their cycles aren't regular. Maybe they have PCOS or whatever for whatever reason. I have always said, and we've been doing it for years now, I'm like, okay, when you look at the moon cycles, and you and I talked about this on my podcast, when you mm-hmm. look at the moon cycles, they're very correlated to our menstrual cycles. The new moon is more of a menstrual energy reflecting going inside. The full moon is more of an ovulation energy like coming out, being bright. And so what we tell people to do is if you have an irregular cycle, so 45 days plus or you're not confirming ovulation, you can seed cycle with the moon. So from the first, from the new moon until the full moon, you're having your flax and pumpkin blend. And then from the full moon to the new moon, you're having your sesame and sunflower blend. And we have a blog on our website about it too. And you just keep cycling through until your actual ovulation and cycle come back. And that's what I actually did when I got off of birth control because I didn't really have a regular cycle. And after two and a half months, my cycle was back down from 55 days to 28 days. Wow. I am obsessed. I've never heard of the seed cycling pairing with the moon. And I, I believe that so fully. I talked about this on Kate's podcast as well, how, you know, the moon is like 14 days on 14 days off the waxing and the waning, the full moon, the new moon. It is a direct correlation to the women's cycle. And then the sun, which is a 24 hour turnover is the men's testosterone cycle. So the sun and the moon is, you know, very much so a representation of the male and female reproductive cycle, which is just crazy. (laughs) It's so cool. Like, and it's just like when you start looking around and you see so much, like when you get in touch with your own cycle, then you start looking at nature and you start looking at all these things and you're like, wow, we're not all so different. Like we're all 
very interconnected and these cycles are connected. Well, it's just like, you know, the seasons of your cycle, the the let's see follicular is your spring phase ovulation is your summer your luteal is going into fall and then your period that's your winter you're you're going in you're slowing down you want soup you want broth it's identical to the seasons that you know we've been taught growing up that's what you said yesterday you're like it's so easy for people to understand that when we look at nature nature is our ultimate teacher it has all the answers We've just gotten to the society where we live in these little glass box and we wear shoes. I saw someone post the other day, like we wear these little foot prisons. I was like, LOL, because it is a little foot prison. We're meant to put our feet on the grass. We're meant to connect to the earth. Our bodies are designed. It's like our little charging port. And we've just gotten so far away. But if we actually looked around at all the seasons and the moon and the stars, everything's so connected. It all has a place just as our body. You know, there's, there's, there's so much that we can learn just by being present in nature then and we just live in a very disconnected time so i'm i'm really glad that you are teaching people to seed cycle with the moon cuz i think that is huge and powerful so powerful so powerful i know my neighbors probably think i'm crazy like laying in my yard in the morning like meditating and like watering my plants with period blood and like all these different things they're probably like who the hell is this girl that lives next door to me Wait, the, I've never heard watering your plants of period blood. I didn't even know that was possible. What? Oh my gosh. It is the best fertilizer. So if you look at a lot of fertilizers, I'm not a plant expert, but I did learn this from my friend who is like an amazing plant mom. So if you look at all the fertilizers, they have blood in them. Like they have animal blood in them. And so if you mm. think about it, your plants need to be fertilized roughly once a month. You're bleeding once a month. So I use a menstrual cup and you dump it into a mason jar. So like for – like if you have like a big mason jar, you do like one period blood cup and then four parts water on top of that. So you dilute it down and you need to do it like right when you like use it fresh and then you just go like put it in your plants. And I have wow. like a video on YouTube go like viral and people are like, me, 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 this is disgusting. This smells. And it doesn't smell. It's not disgusting. And my plants are freaking thriving. <laughs> I mean, that's how I was on the phone with my friend Shannon the other day, and we were talking about how a lot of tampons have toxic chemicals. And she's like, This, she was like in an uproar about it. She's like, Why my whole life are we putting these scented playtex things up our hoo ha? I was like, I know. And I was telling her, I'm like, exactly. Why? I preach. use, yeah, preach queen. I use the period panties, and I haven't posted a lot about it on Instagram, but I'm like, I'm obsessed with them. And I, I told her, she, I was like, I promise it's not gross. Like you think like, oh, it's gonna be like catching my blood. Like, cause I don't, if you think about it, when you are on your period, your body is trying to release. It is like the ultimate release. And what do we do? We've been taught to plug it. Why are we plugging when our body is trying to purge? let it purge. And I know there's some people that might be like, I have a really heavy flow. That's okay. We can work on it. You're in a seed cycle. We're going to get it regular, but period panties are it for me. I love them. It's made my cycles so yes. much more manageable, easier. Like I love them. I'm, I'm obsessed with them. And yeah, I, I'm I, obsessed I need with to... period panties too. What's your favorite brand? <laughs> Controversial because they had, um, I really like thinks and I know that they had that study come out where people said there's PFAS in them. I have tried all the brands. I love Thinks personally. I'm not affiliated with them in any way, but it's like changed my whole view on cycle. And you can soak your period undies in like the mason jar and like squeeze them out and the blood can come out and then you can still water your plants. Wow. You've got all the What tips. brand do you use? I'm using um, Bam Body. It's supposed to be like some type of bamboo, mm. bamboo is in there, but 
same thing. I don't know if it's the most like certified non-toxic like version out there. I think anything is better same. than putting something up my vagina because I don't want that. Um, I like the idea of like free flow, but um, they work really well for me and I know it's not going inside me. So like you said, the thinks, I have a pair of thinks that I like too. And I think this is going to be a market and an industry that continues to evolve. But I'm like, I think period panties are way better than using any type of tampon where it's scented or you don't know what's in the tampon because that can really mess you up. I also think they might be better than menstrual cups. Like this is just my hot take for like, well, one, I have really long nails and like these are my real nails too and I don't want to cut them. And like it's really – you're going to like stab your vagina when you're trying to get the menstrual cup out. So that's why I started (laughs) using period panties. And I swear there's something to like letting it flow, like letting it out. My period's only three days now. Well, if you think about it, your period's trying to release. You plug it. Think about it's like your body's trying to contract it out because it wants to release. It's like a baby. You know, it's the contraction's going to be the cramps are going to be worse because it wants to come out. It wants to bleed. It's like your cramps will significantly release because you're not going against the flow of nature. That's just that's how I believe. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of science that backs that, but that's just, but that it has makes been sense shown. Like it de- like when you switch, it like decreases your cramps, but I think so too. And like, there's something for releasing, getting it out. And also we need to be looking at our period blood. We need to become more familiar with it. We've been taught to be scared of it and that it's gross. It's not gross. It's a fifth vital sign. It's a checkup. Like, so your period is a checkup every single month. You get a little report card of like what's going on with your health. And so looking at our period blood, you want it to be like that bright red color. You want it to be three to five days of bleeding. You want clots that are less than the size of a dime. You don't want to be in a lot of pain. Like these are all things that are really important. And sometimes like when you're just using other products, you can't get a good grip on what your period actually looks like. I agree 100%. I like that. It's a little report card, just a good time to check in. And I always tell people too that I set intentions before my period. Like I know I'm going to release and I will just like if I know because I track my cycle pretty closely, like I'm upcoming on my period. I'm like, you know what? I'm ready to release this. And I just use it as a time to release because why not? It's a monthly reminder for us to let go of something. I'm so good about like I'm not going to carry all this shit and narratives and energy through my life. Like I'm a big like release, cleanse, clear. Like your period release actually can clear the energy of your entire home, your entire family. That's why back in ancient times, women were worshipped because they were like this goddess energy for clearing and cleansing for the village, you know? So it's like we have that ability to do that for our families and our home. And I, I know that's you know, that's definitely more woo and not as science backed, but I just believe it. It's truth for me. No, there is something to that. Like, and I just, I think like the more I get in touch with it, the more I see how strong it is. And like, I don't know, it's just like so much more than we were taught. And so I guess if you hear nothing else on this podcast, it's that your body is really, really powerful and your cycle is something to lean into and get in touch with and learn about. And you also like deserve to take care of your cycle. Like it's okay to invest time and energy into taking care of it because it then is like a downward effect of everything else is being taken care of too. Yes. It's like you're you're creating that intention of, hey body, I'm taking care of you. And then the body starts really working with you and sending you signals and, you know, healing and recovering. And it's just a really beautiful tango when you actually tune in and have awareness. 
because there's definitely been a lot of my life that I did not have awareness around my cycle. And it's a really cool place to be because like I'm I feel so just like my senses. I feel so in tune. I can predict everything. And I'm like, wow, that's so empowering. Like I know exactly what's going on. Cool. (laughs) That's where we want to be. So Kate, thank you so much. This was so insightful. I know everybody here. I hope you guys took notes. There was so much to learn, so much takeaway I personally received. And also, you know, I highly encourage if you guys are struggling, reach out to her on Instagram or connect with her. She does offers a lot of this testing. I'm, I'm doing a lot of the same testing that you're mentioning um, right now. So I, I think it's amazing tools you guys need to have. And Kate, let us know where they can find you. Yeah. So if you want to connect with me personally, carbs and Kate. So like a piece of bread, a carb and Kate is my Instagram. That's where if you like click my little link in bio, it's like all the different applications. If you want to work with me, there's a little bit of a wait list right now, but you can get on there and we'll get you all sorted. If you're interested in seed cycling, check out funkitwellness.com and Funkit Wellness on all the different social media accounts. We have so many good free resources and you know, seed cycling just is such an amazing start for this hormonal journey. So that's where you can find all those amazing things. Kate, thank you so much. I just adore you. I'm so happy to know you. And thank you for this time you spent with us today. Thank you for having me. It's truly been such a treat and I'm so grateful. I just love you. As always, I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you feel so called or if it feels aligned, I would love for you to leave me a review here. I always love reading your beautiful thoughts and messages. And also you can find me at Anna Grace Newell on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And I will link all of my courses, Age University course curriculum in the show notes, along with if you're interested in booking an Akashic Records reading with me, my scheduling link goes out in my newsletter. It goes out once a month and it's completely free. I would love to have you there. As always, I'm a proud professor and you get an A plus for making it all the way through the end. Love you.